Uh, we have Zerfon from Weaving uh, News. Um, Alex, you can prompt to be the speaker. Oh, what did you say, sorry? Uh, you can invite, you know, uh, Zerfon, you know, his name is Benjamin, uh, to be the speaker. He's uh, listening right now. Okay. X, Y, A, R. And Kai, thanks for staying you know, uh, during six minutes. So, should help promote, you know, some of the specs too, in case. Afternoon. <laughs> hey, good afternoon, everyone. Yeah, my, uh, my. Uh, on my end, I'm, I, I seem to be getting some kind of patchy audio. I don't know whether it's the same for everyone else or if everyone can hear me all right. Yes, very well. I, I, I can hear you all right. Quite clearly. Okay, perfect. You out of the office? Yeah, I'm having a bit of a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've been locked down for quite a long time, actually. So, yes, um... Right, so they actually uh, attended our space, you know, previously, two or three months ago, right? And uh, we've been knowing each other for quite a long time. And Alex is uh, advocating Mason, and we've been uh, inviting him, you know, to to uh, moderate this space. So, yeah, that, that's basically what's happening right now. And he's quite good. He designed quite a lot of the topics, too. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Excellent. Yeah, thank you, by the way, for inviting me on. Yeah, of course. You, you said you're you're out having a walk. Whereabouts are you in the world? Uh, I'm in Rotterdam. Uh, so I, I'm at the moment uh, waiting for my wife's visa application for England. Um, okay. Right. Yeah, so we left Latvia because it's kind of close to Ukraine slash ex-USSR. Uh, that's where I, where I lived for like five years, but I'm from England. Um, then, yeah, so we left that pretty quickly to go to England, but uh, you know, apparently you can't apply for a visa whilst being in England, so you have to you have to leave. So yeah, th that's uh, that's where I left to. I left to Rotterdam as quickly as possible. Okay. Well, why did you pick Rotterdam? I, I I studied. I went to Erasmus University, Rotterdam, so I'm very familiar with the city. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it was the closest place from where I live in England to get a ferry overnight. And we needed to leave quite quickly, <laughs> so I just got I got I got the only destination available without flying okay. at least. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it actually. I like it more than Amsterdam. Yeah, it's a lovely city. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Canal seaside. You know, we have Harry here from uh, Project Galaxy. Hi, Harry. Hi, guys. GM. Hey, Harry. <laughs> you got a cool snowboarding picture. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I haven't snowboarded for a while actually. <laughs> Where was it taken? Uh, this one was actually at um uh Xinjiang, China. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. How do we wait for Mr. Block to start? Yes, I've been paying him, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, he will join us, you know. Cool. Uh, let's wait for one more minute and um, we can then kick off if he's not catch up. Yeah, yeah sure. How whereabouts are you best? I'm in Singapore. Okay. Yeah. That's a cool place to be for for this industry. A lot of 
Well, yeah, there are a lot of cool places to be for this industry. I think Dubai is very popular right now. Miami, Miami should be very fun. We actually, uh, our team had a party there last night. Um, the Gao token launch party uh, at Permissionless. So, um, yeah. Permissionless in Miami? Uh, yeah, yeah, Permissionless. Yeah. I wasn't there, unfortunately, but um, I saw the pictures and, and all the Fun. Cool. And we got Mr. Block with us now. Right, yeah. Hey, guys. Hi, Chris. Yo. Hey. How's it going? Pretty good. Surviving the beer market. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, let's, let's jump right into it then. We've got everybody here. Uh, the first question is related to what you said just now, Mr. Buck. Um, so, for each of you, or first, let's start with a round of introductions. So, perhaps you guys can just briefly mention um, your names, what you're doing, the project that you're connected to. Um, Mr. Buck, do you want to go first? Cool. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Chris. Uh, I run the Mr. Block YouTube channel for the past four years. Uh, it's all in Chinese. Um, and I've made over... I'll say 500 episodes so far. I do three episodes a week. You know, talk about uh, Ave when it was still called Ethland, then later Land and Ave, and then talk about SNX, then later Curve. Um, I also manage Curve uh, Chinese community and uh, produce, I'll say, over 80 tutorial video on Curve uh, when it was only three or four pools to now with its factory pool and all the updates. Um, and manage Curve's uh, Dune Analytic. Uh, focus on a lot of on-chain analysis. Uh, I do a bit of uh, investment as well. And uh, yeah, so if you would like to, you know, make video and, you know, uh, target uh, the Chinese speaking community, uh, feel free to reach out to me and send me a DM. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Harry, do you want to go next? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Harry. I'm the um, co-founder and project lead for Project Galaxy. Um, at Galaxy, we're basically building an open and collaborative credential data network to empower developers and builders to build to build better communities and products using um, all the credentials. Right? So credentials could be your on-chain or off-chain behavior data, contribution data, achievements. For example, it can be stuff like whether you borrowed money from Aave and never got liquidated, uh, or whether you are a high trading volume trader on OpenSea or Uniswap. It can also be your behavior on Web2 world, right? Whether your tweet was liked by Elon Musk, whether your GitHub repo was forked by, by, um, by like Vitalik. Um, so yeah, so all these, um, and we provide the infrastructure for you to curate credentials and for also for you to leverage these credentials for various ways. So yeah, nice to meet you guys. Cool. Awesome, and yeah, we'll be talking a decent amount about Project Galaxy. Uh, thank you so much for the intro. Xylophone, you want to go next? Sure, yeah. Um, so my name is Benjamin, or Xylophone. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Arweave News. Uh, that was my entry, actually, into into Web3. Uh, previous to that, I'd spent quite a lot of time in, in Web2, in SaaS software, B2B, uh, working in, like, marketing departments or engineering departments. Um, and, yes, so since then, uh, I founded... Um, our Weave News, and then co-founded Permacast as well. Um, Permacast is what I'm focusing on right now. We're, we're raising funds. 
Um, we are <clears throat> basically a video and podcast hosting platform backed by our weave um, with incentive mechanisms as well, such as NFTs and tipping, uh, crowdfunding, etc. Uh, basically taking a play towards the, the Web3 creator economy. So yeah, that, that, that's me. That's awesome. Th thank you so much. Uh, Howard? Yes, I, I'll go. Uh, my name is Howard. Actually, a uh, lot of the you know, space audience have been knowing, you know, hosting the content 2049 on this forum as well. And this time we'll have Alex there sharing. So uh, basically, I'm CMO, CMO for Mason Network and the for Mason. Actually, it's a Web3 bandwidth marketplace, and we're providing uh, almost supplementary bandwidth for every project in Web3. And in our upcoming uh, plan, we will be also setting like, you know, Harry mentioned is a Web2 company, you know, so this is what we do. And I'll give a more brief introduction for our product and service later. Thank you, everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. For me, my name is Alex. I'm currently based in Beijing. I'm from Sweden and Belgium originally. I mentioned that I studied in the Netherlands. Um, and yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I'll be, I'll be hosting the, moderating the session today. So my first question, one that I want to ask all of you, um, and then we'll go down to more specifics, is how do you feel that the market sentiment, notably we had a recent huge bull run, 2020, 2021, and then a recent downturn in market prices, how does the market sentiment, whether it's bullish or bearish, affect the development of the Web3 data economy? How much is the development dependent and how does it depend on the market sentiment? Mr. Block, do, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, thank you for the question. Yeah, I mean, I would say the market is definitely not bullish right now um and I, I think you know even after 2017 and DeFi summer um uh crypto is still following uh the bitcoin price movement and bitcoin follows um the overall u.s stock market and you know i think we never truly experienced uh, a recession in 2020 uh we kind of experienced for a bit then we see the you know the largest stimulus um uh, ever seen in human history and you know i think feds um uh, federal reserve uh balance sheet uh grew from three or four trillion to now nine trillion and so it, it was a quantitative easing um but now uh they're turning into quantitative tightening uh where uh you know they'll be selling a lot of these uh mbs like mortgage-backed security um uh corporate bond and so uh, that's going to obviously affect the market, and 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 on top of that, the you know the rise of the interest rate uh, was going to make it difficult for uh, corporates to borrow money, uh, which kind of was the starting point two weeks ago. Uh, and you know, COVID isn't really over, and you know we're seeing situation in big economy like Shanghai and Beijing and Hong Kong, and so all basically it's not over, and then they'll you know, war, war going on. So I think it's like we're having four or five some things that are really major and negative impact to the market. So, uh, and we never really had a recession uh, after, you know, 20, uh, two, uh, 2008. And so uh, we might see a really big dip um, that that is not only going to affect, you know, uh, regular uh, stock market and equity market, it's going to affect crypto majorly um and you know i think the sentiment is also uh really negative because we've seen uh a lot of exploit and hack 
there's over $3 billion that's been recorded uh, exploit um, in DeFi. Uh, and, and, you know, recently with Luna wiping almost $55 billion from the entire ecosystem. So uh, that's, that's going to, you know, make a lot of people, you know, afraid to put money, especially with the Oracle being not robust enough. Uh, we've seen with Venus and Bliss and a few other lending protocol that suffer from uh, Chainlink's Oracle stopping at $0.1 when Luna was actually lower than 10 cents. Um, so I think overall people are getting more and more afraid. It's not like DeFi summertime where people are, you know, uh, want to explore and are ambitious to explore new DeFi protocol. Most of the project are, you know, uh, they might be good, but it's hard to battle test it when no one is willing to try. Um, and a lot of these loophole on, you know, cover are found by auditing company, which is also uh, another big reason. Um, um, so yeah, I think with all in all, I, I don't see, you know, and, and lastly, I think, you know, DeFi magic in TBO is very, you know, misleading. Um, if we take into the revenue that DeFi's are making, it's, you know, is less than three or four billion in a year. And OpenSea being one of the most profitable one is not even uh, decentralized. So uh, the P ratio throughout, I think the, you know, the adjustment is coming in to all the valuation and the same goes into primary market. Yeah. Cool. That, that was a really solid, comprehensive overview of the, the current market. Um, some of the factors influencing it and, and the sentiment overall. Thank you for that. Harry, you're building a product, um, a platform that's based on the Web3, Web3 data economy. How do you think the market sentiment affects the development of, of a project like yours? Um, yeah, so, so so for us, we actually haven't seen a, a, a very significant pullback from the demand from our partners, right? So um, basically a lot of partners and we have an increasing the amount of partners coming in and also users as well. So the the overall growth rate actually haven't um, slowed down for the pa past couple of weeks. Um, I know retail has been talking about this bear market for a while, but um, I think not really until the Luna event, the USD event. Um, so before that, I, I think the overall primary market was still doing fairly good. Um, um, notably, the overall valuation for many projects oh, are still. I lost them for a bit. Uh, can you guys hear me now? Well, yeah, yeah, this good. Yeah, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so actually, before the Luna and UST events, uh, overall primary market is, was still doing fairly well, um, with a lot of projects having very high valuations on the primary market, but. Um, after the Luna event, I've talked to a couple investors and uh, things has been slowing down and, and, and it's starting to look more of a bear market to me. Uh, since I was, I, I was in crypto um, since 2017 um, and right now it's still not really a, a bear market so-called uh, comparing to what we had in 2019 and maybe two, uh, late 2018. Um, so yeah, so it's, um, it's not as bull crushing, right? Right. So <laughs> so it it's still it's still hot um, on a relative level. It's not as hot as like twenty twenty one or late twenty twenty. Um, 
but overall, it's it's still a lot better than 2019, I would say. Um, and I think a lot of uh, investments um, are are still coming in, and since all of these um, primary funds, um, all of these funds have raised tons of money and they haven't spent it yet, so they're looking for place to allocate these funds. Um, so I'm not sure overall, but but if we are uh, going into a recession, I think we still have uh, more downside to see. And um, yeah, so at Galaxy, we're prepared to go through their spirit, this bear market with a cash flow. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm actually a little bit excited about the bear market because we can finally have a time to build with less noise, right? So um, so yeah, so, so, ho- so hopefully things don't get too bad, but um, I'm a bit optimistic overall, yeah. Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. The, the you mentioned at the end that you're a little bit excited because it gives you a time to to build. Um, the noise of the of a bull market is that something that um, takes attention away from from product building in some cases? You'd say. Well, yeah. So market has its sentiments, right? Um, so I I usually I I always talk to the teams um, to not look at price too much, um, just to stay on what we're building for the long term because. Price volatility in the short term, no, no matter it's going up or going down, always influence our short term decisions, and it's not always a good thing. Uh, it's good that we can raise money uh, for us to survive, but sometimes it uh, leads to a very different decision when we are looking at a very long term horizon, right? So, so in a bear market, um, uh, once we have the ability to survive through the market, we can actually go back and see what we actually want to build for three years, for five years, for, for 10 years, right? So that's why I'm a bit excited to, to actually find a place where we can um, uh, calm down and think about what's good for the long-term and, and, and build for that. Yeah, cool. That time horizons expand in bear markets. You look for the more longer term. Um, Benjamin, how should I refer to you? Ben, xylophone. Uh, Benjamin is fine. That's my everyday everyday life name. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would you know I think that there's that what has been said is almost all there is to say. Um, it's exactly is time to t- time for the noise to die down and for people to be getting on with important things because I think in bull markets you have people who are you know your, your fans might be expecting your token or your piece to gain adoption simply because the rest of the market is riding the wave whereas in the bear market nobody expects it to do anything so you're kind of <laughs> you're vindicated from the from the users um urgency themselves because they should inherently understand as well that in a downturn there is there's the, there's not guaranteed upside so so quickly and so catch uh, you know in such an explosive way um, so i would say that is a good thing um also from what i've spoken to with funds you know we're raising right now so um i i do get this chance to ask this question quite a lot to 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 funds as well like what is what is changing in your attitude towards like your investments during the during now we seem to be you know in a in a period of bearish sentiment and generally what i've heard is funds which you know, funds which don't believe that it's the end of crypto are probably the ones that you want to be taking uh, taking capital from in the first place. Fund had no conviction, um, and now they're out. Then you probably didn't want them in the first place. Um, but I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm seeing um, actually quite a lot of um, you know, oh, it doesn't matter kind of sentiments. You know, from a lot of the good funds that I'm speaking with. Um, but I'm also kind of detecting that they might be in a situation where they invested in companies in the bull run 
who now it turned bearish have lost interest. So I've received a lot of hesitant messages like, hey, making sure you guys are still uh, <laughs> still in it now, um, now after what happened with, with, the, with the downturn and things like that, right? And so that gave me a little bit of insight. But generally, I'm you know, not, not a macro econ econ economist, um, more so a founder slash builder that's relatively new to crypto. So uh, actually, this is my first big downturn. So uh, that's, that's about as much as I know from what I've been able to pick up. Cool. Um, you mentioned that you probably don't want to be taking funds from the investors who have this kind of short-term time horizon um, and the ones that are already kind of backing out or have are exposing more signs of uncertainty because of this very recent downtrend. Um, what, what would you say is, why, why is that the case? Why is it important to, to pick the right, get funding from people with the longer time horizons and people who are more familiar with the industry? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, uh, aside from the obvious, like I do think that, that they might be in a case where the bigger, the bigger that you are, the more sort of like, you know, LPs you rely on. And those LPs being huge probably are taking like, you know, probably affected by the macro economy um, even more so than, than somebody in crypto. Um, and so, you know, as soon as you have them pulling back on their capital, then it has this ripple down effect, right, to, to everyone below, like to the smaller funds, to, the, to their possible portfolio projects, et cetera. So it's just sort of, I guess it, it displays, you know, which funds are um, independent and which are very much at the behest of their um, LPs. It's kind of, uh, I suppose, what I would say about that. Right. Cool. That, that's an interesting insight. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Howard, how about from your side? Right. Yes. I mean, it's definitely kind of a bear market, right? But I'll go, you know, with uh, Harry and Benjamin mentioning, you know, this market is sentimental. So, I mean, during the bullish market, people are so crazy. And there's also a lot of hot money from the traditionally uh, stock market data crypto because of the high APY. And uh, now, because so many money in crypto from the crypto market, I mean, there's a really huge connection between the crypto, you know, the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the entire crypto with the you know, US stock market. And uh, as far as I learned, you know, because of the high inflation state has not been changed, and uh, there's still, you know, federal rate hike pro process probably will continue another like 18 months or maybe worse than two years. So this probably will be, uh, be a recession period. But you know, the great company built in bear market, it will remain, you know, the most, uh, I mean, cherished people community, which supported, you know, crypto from the very beginning to stay together with the project. And from the project themselves, you know, the utility of the product on-chain, uh, even off-chain, will become more uh, decisive in everyone's opinions. So in, so your product and service, uh, which, which helps build a better market, better world, it, it doesn't matter now. So in my opinion, I mean, there's no afraid of a bear market in it. Just, you know, let everyone, let the people in the community, the folks on build the, you know, the product and the service. Let the community and our partners, our funds, feel the product, you know, strength, feel its powerful power. And they will understand the, you know, the unicorns in each vertical eventually. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, cool. Th thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, for, for retail investors, for any crypto retail investors who are in the chat, I would mention that it's, I feel that in a bear market, I went through the, the 2018, 2019 bear market also, I feel like it's easier to make good long-term investment decisions in a bear market because the, it just eliminates a lot of the noise and a lot of the people who stay are building for the long term. And so you just have higher probability just 
picking projects that are in it for the long term and making good long term decisions. Um, yeah, the whole market just moves to a longer time horizon. Um, fr from here, I'm going to ask more targeted questions. So that was a question for everybody. And then that person can answer. And if anybody else has something they want to to input, then then feel free to go ahead also. Um, so Harry, for Project Galaxy, um, you guys are building an infrastructure that leverages digital credential data um, and people can build applications. As the creator of this infrastructure, to what extent do you feel like you can predict what the developers are going to build on top of the infrastructure you provide? And to what extent do you feel like that's unpredictable and your job is to build the infrastructure and then let developers do their thing on top of that? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, so I think in the very long term, um, I cannot or we cannot predict what applications will build on top of the Galaxy infrastructure. And we actually do not want to predict this simply because we are building this permissionless infrastructure for everyone to leverage, right? For you to use credential data to do various stuff like um, credit scoring, loyalty program, targeted marketing, civil attack prevention algos, LinkedIn, voting system, and so on. So these are the use cases that we come up, uh, but we don't want that to be the limitations. And we want everyone to come to Galaxy and to build on top of this permissionless um, infrastructure to do anything you want. Uh, we, we, we don't want um, every use case to be limited by our imaginations, right? Um, so take DeFi, for example. Um, I think the permissionless nature enabled all of these DeFi protocols to build on top of each other. And for the most cases, it's, it, it's been very successful because people have been able to build on top of each other and uh, leverage each other's resource, protocol, technology, um, to to do new stuff, um, stuff that nobody imagined before. Um, so this is what we want to build in the long term. We want to provide the infrastructure. We want to collect the data. Um, one of the biggest um, problem right now in Web2 credential world is all of your data are segregated among many different applications. And that's just so inefficient, right? Um, imagine you can, you can share your data across um, Spotify, across Google, across Facebook in a secure way based on your permissions, um, it would enable a whole new set of applications and services. So yeah, so so to answer your question in the long term, we cannot predict and we don't want to predict and we want everyone to come to Galaxy um, to contribute this data and to leverage these data based on their choice. And um, I'm very excited to see all the possibility that uh, we'll bring up on top of this infrastructure. Yeah, that's lovely. Does anybody want to add anything to that uh, about Gov infrastructure builders? To what extent their um, their job is to predict what's being built on top of that, or if it's their job to build the infrastructure and then and then let it go? No. Well, um, yes. Yeah, follow up question. You, you were talking about if uh, in the Web two economy, how all the all your data is segregated on different different platforms and the inefficiencies that it creates. And the ideal scenario would be to have uh, customized permissions and be able to share it across all the platforms. Um, going into Web3, are users expected to be able to take their Web2 data with them, credential data, or is that something that's left behind and then you start you start a new, uh, you start from scratch entering in, into the Web3? So for Galaxy, we want this to be a choice that's made by you, right? Um, so we 
So I think there are two types of data. One is the public data. So public data is is more straightforward. Um, so they are there. It's like um, there are your Web two public data, like um, the stuff that you do on Twitter, the tweets you post, the tweets you like, the tweets that you retweet or comment on, um, or uh, the GitHub report that uh, that you wrote, right? Or 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 um, the stuff you uh, you you participate on Discord. And we also have public data on chain, like the ones um, of your DeFi protocol track records, whether you borrow from Compound and never got liquidated, so all of these. Um, so for public data, they are basically bound by your um, online identity, whether it's your Twitter handle or your, um, your Web3 addresses. Um, but for private data, it's, it's, it's more tricky. Um, so we are actively researching on ways for you to um, control your private data. So right now, the private data you have in all these Web2 companies are not controlled by you, right? They're controlled by the applications themselves. And applications are monetizing from these data by selling these uh, to show ads um, and do other stuff. Um, so we do want this to be controlled by you in the end and for you to choose whether to um, give permissions to some other applications for them to provide better services or simply for you to earn money, right? You can sell these to advertisers for you, for, for them to push you um, better and more accurate ads. Um, so yeah, so, so, so for Galaxy, we want this to be a choice that's made by you so that you can um, make the decision of whether give permissions to other applications um, and you can choose whether to bind um, these data uh, from your Web2 identity to your Web3 identity. That's something that we are already doing on Galaxy. You can bind your Twitter account, GitHub account, Discord account, and you can use all the behaviors um, in these Web2 applications in the Web3 world by Web3 um, communities or protocols giving you some special benefits. Right? So that's a choice made by you. Uh, but if you don't want to do that, it's totally fine as well. You can start new um, and, and, and you obviously don't get the benefits uh, from, from doing so. Uh, for example, some protocols are um, like a, a protocol on Solana called Metaplex, right? They are airdropping tokens for all of their GitHub repos contributors. Um, if you don't want to link the two identity, it's totally fine. You're missing out on the airdrop. Um, but if you do want to bind the two entities, you do want to uh, let everyone know this GitHub repo is controlled by this Solana address, uh, then you will be able to get such benefits. Um, so yeah, so, so, so in the long term, we want this to be um, a choice made by you. Awesome. And then you mentioned that um, for the public data, that's um, something you've already done. And then for private data, you're, you're researching ways to to use it to bring that across? Right, so for private data, for private data it, it's more tricky. So we, we don't yet have a infrastructure for users to store um, private data in a secure way while sharing these data to some other parties. So that's something that we're, we're, we, are, we are researching on and hopefully we can um, um, fine tune this infrastructure and, and, and bring this into production in the next few years. Awesome. Cool. Um, we'll come back to, to you and Project Galaxy. Th thank you for, for sharing that. Um, Mr. Block, for you, um, as a public figure, you mentioned that you've been running your YouTube channel for four years. Um, how, how have you fine-tuned 
over that time, your approach to communication with, with the general public? How have you, uh, what have you discovered through running your channel for four years about, about communication? Yeah, thank you for the question. Um, I think, you know, um, any, any content or any financial content, you know, it requires, you know, um, um, the, the speaker to be, to be very rigorous and, you know, to be very careful. Um, so, um, my content has, you know, always been, you know, first thing I'll say in my content is, you know, I tell them, you know, this is not a financial advice and should always, you know, crypto investment is really high risk. So, you know, you, you want to watch out if you, if you come in, I kind of, it kind of sound a bit exaggerated, but I make sure, you know, whoever that's listening to, to my YouTube video, um, is that they, they need to understand the risk. Yeah, and after that, it goes into like a 10 or 20 minutes video. Uh, so my video could go from, you know, teaching people how to use Votium, which is a bribery system on top of Convex and Curve, uh, to, you know, how to play Axie Infinity. So you can, and then to how to set up your own, you know, notes, uh, to uh, how to switch your RPCs, uh, to uh, how do you check out Dune Analytic and build your own MySQL database, to... Um, you know, checking out DeFi Llama, Token Terminal, Nensen AI. Um, so yeah, um, and I think it's because the, uh, these videos are, are very, you know, I like to call them tutorial videos. Uh, and, and so my viewer has, has, you know, I think learned and evolved in a way that they, they will choose the contents they want to, you know, read and learn. And, and um so there there's never like you know showing where or or so so my viewer kind of evolved in a way that they sound almost like a tutorial or a news you know they check it out they learn and so on so yeah i think it's that fine line information and uh between um a creator or or a youtuber and uh well their community um and so, and I've been, you know, really lucky because um, I, I've been posting content mainly on, you know, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, on, and, and back then, because China bends a lot of crypto content. Um, so, um, and that's why we see kind of a, 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 a huge wave of uh, Chinese community in Twitter now, uh, because it's, it's, um, it's quite restricted right now. And, and China uh, for for crypto content. So uh, I like to see my, you know, YouTube channel kind of like a safe haven where if you want to learn about, like I said, Aave, Compound, and how the liquidation work. If you want to learn about Abracadabra, you just go on YouTube, type Mr. Block, Abracadabra. It'll teach you, you know, how their collateralization work, uh, what's Bento Box. If you'd like to learn about liquidity, you know, we'll tell you what's the redemption uh, fee, what's a minting fee, and so on, and how the system work in a very, you know, five to ten minutes video. Uh, and yeah, and so so back to your question, how we communicate, that, that's kind of how I communicate. And we also have a Telegram and Discord group. I try to make it fun where, um, you know, whenever people ask me a question, I, I, I try to answer and I make sure there isn't any, you know, political or, or hate and or or scam, you know, so, so we have around, I think almost 10,000 people in our Telegram group and, and on Discord as well, and around 40K sub on YouTube. And, you know, we're not the biggest channel or the biggest group, but I think it's a, it's a pretty solid uh, group uh, and that, that has been around since 2017. Yeah.
Thank you. Awesome. Um, you mentioned that you're providing tutorials for a bunch of different applications. Um, so if someone wants to learn about it, they could type, for example, Abracadabra on uh, Mr. Block tutorial and they would find you. What's the process that you go through to, to understanding and to making one of those videos? Um, um, not too long because, you know, I think most protocol there, I would like to say, you know, kind of, it's it's like a forking economy, right? So a lot of protocol that are very similar, or um, so it doesn't take me that long to understand. Um, I usually try to schedule a call with the team uh, to learn kind of their viewpoints, and um, and obviously for projects that are launching a token or already have a token, I like to understand its token utility, um, because the mechanism such as you know minting fee, collateral ratio, uh, time lock, you know, uh, guardian pause. Some of these, you know, fails uh, uh, safe can are, are pretty easy. They're like, you know, they're like zero to one, right? So they're they're easy to understand. Uh, utility is the part that I find many founders struggle. You know, before DeFi summer, most people don't talk about governance token, right? And then now every project just say governance token, the governance token. And I hate to say that in my video, like the token utility is governance, right? I like to understand if there is some sort of you know, model or token design behind it that incentivizes user to user to to use it more than just giving yields, right? Obviously, staking economy is huge. You have to, but there's also protocol on liquidity that was introduced by Olympus Pro that that also became a a, a pretty interesting way. Um, so so I, I would say you know it it takes me probably I think an hour to to understand a protocol, uh, but then. Uh, another hour to you know talk with the team to to really understand their side of story and it's okay a lot of teams don't know you know what to do with their token uh there isn't that much governance going on or there isn't that much you know stuff like you know vcrv or voting escrow uh, many project is trying to copy that but but has has failed to incentivize people uh and and so 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 yeah um that's kind of my process cool Awesome! Thanks for sharing. It's it's. I think it's great that you're scheduling calls with the the teams, um, and talking to them as it gives you like a like proper insights into into how it works, and then you can share that with with the community. So I think that's, that's really great. Um, Benjamin, coming to you. So you, you mentioned that your most recent project and the one that you're raising funds for is per Permacast, um, a vid video right. and podcast hosting platform. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, sure. So. I mean, it, it kind of grew out of the idea of um, uh, we were using, you know, we were writing about Arweave, Arweave News. Uh, we were, you know, wanting to actually be be uh, using our own protocol. Um, otherwise, we kind of felt a bit like fakes. Um, but then in the end, um, it sort of turned to the point where, you know, we'd actually got something that people were were using. Uh, we'd, we went through the Open Web Foundry hackathon at, uh, and got a grant from, from Arweave team um, and Mask Network and RSS3. Give us a lot of confidence that uh, you know there there actually there isn't another um, there isn't another podcasting platform built on top of our weave. So we we uh, we have that 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 kind of uh, uh, monopoly, but we're, we're we're trying to do our best with it and, and not not abuse that position. Um, so like generally the way that it works and how the, and we can kind of split it into two different parts. Like one is that it's an easy way for creators to not have to write code to get their stuff onto our weave. 
um, especially in the format of a podcast or a video where you're going to be able to like embed that podcast on another site or whether you're going to be able to like put that podcast on Spotify. Um, so Meson Network, in, in fact, um, is, yeah, I think, using using Permacast to, to bridge uh, from, from our weave to, to Spotify using our RSS feed and our, our weave storage. Um, and I think the, the, the way that it, it goes beyond infrastructure and starts to play into the creator economy um, is that each episode, when you upload it, gets minted as an NFT. Um, this is really cheap on our weave, um, really uh, low intensity on the chain. It's actually done client side, uh, lazy evaluated on the client side rather than being sent off to be computed amongst the network of nodes. Um, so yes, it costs you know fractions of a, of a cent in in uh, gas, uh, you could call it, uh, to interact with with our uh, weave smart contracts. Um, so you know w- once someone's uploaded their episode and and, and uh, owns an NFT of it, then you know it opens up the possibility for secondary markets. It opens up the possibility to use that NFT as a utility NFT, essentially to gain access to a private group where only people who own you know the artist's work itself um, can can get into that group. So we have collaborations with with a, an Arweave social protocol called Decentland um, in that regard. Um, but yeah, that's the general the general idea of it is um, is kind of what I, what I said there. Um, I think that you know NFTs have have taken off as JPEGs, um, but it's sort of a bit short sighted to not think you know that, that they could be anything really. They they can be podcast episodes. We're also kind of expanding into the written word um, NFT uh, tokenization of, uh, of of written articles. Um, and videos as well. We could be looking into like fractionalization even of those to, to uh, if the creator wanted to start up a DAO um, and use the, use the NFT itself or the fractionalized version of um, as, as governance. Um, so yeah, I think so far we, so far since, um, since our weave uh, hasn't really been leveraged in this way, um, we're, we're kind of, be, we're kind of able to finally now um, treat full blocks of data, like large blocks of data as, as NFTs um, and, and know that that data is actually on chain, right? So in, in the case of Ethereum, um, it would cost you thousands and thousands to upload like a megabyte of data to Ethereum. It's just not optimized for it. Um, but, but in the case of Arweave, you can actually get your, you know, your, your media asset on chain, smart contract on chain, both submitted in one transaction. So they're inseparable. Um, I think the Ethereum uh, or the, you know, non-Arweave approach is a bit more fragile actually, because, you know, often you find um, inside the smart contract metadata that what you've actually got is a link to a centralized web server that's hosting your JPEG. You know, it's not actually the transaction hash of something which was on the chain itself. It's like you bought something different, um, which could end up being a 404. Uh, so th- these are the kinds of um, thoughts that, that brought us into to, to building this sort of infrastructure layer for creators. Uh, awesome. And how does Promo Web DAO, uh, a new project of yours, how does that fit into all of this? Yeah, so like we started off as, sorry, uh, we started off as Arweave News. Um, then you know we started building software on top of on top of Arweave, and we realized you know that we wanted to keep Arweave News still kind of um, in our under the umbrella of our like parent DAO, um, but we wanted you know space as well to to contain other products within that. So the the DAO um, is responsible for governance over um, the software side of, of what we're doing. Um, this, is, this gives us a good way to actually combat, uh, combat harmful or illegal content without actually having to step in ourselves and censor it. We could, we, you know, we could sort of push that back to the DAO, uh, which is, which is one, one thing that I much prefer to, you know, to Web2, where you don't have, you don't have the, 
the individual whims of one moderator, you can kind of push that back to a DAO who actually have a financial stake in the in the in the in the project. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of thinking behind the DAO and and where that came from. Okay, awesome, cool. Um, going to Howard for Missing Network. How how does Missing Network protect users' on-chain data and security in the CDN networks? Right. Thank you, Alex. And actually, uh, every speaker here, actually, you know, Benjamin, Harry, and Miss Brock, you know, uh, we've been working with most of them, right? We've been actually using the OAT for every space, basically. So we are quite fan of Galaxy. And we've been working with Benjamin's uh, uh, Permacast. And also, we uh, we previously were you know, recognized as a, a, a family. And uh, yeah, regarding, you know, user data security, um, it's a very fundamental topic for all centralized project node security. Actually, uh, Mason is a, is a cache layer, you know, not a storage layer right now. We, we do not process that data. Our effort is to accelerate the content delivery by optimizing idle bandwidth, you know, from the worldwide. So we position Mason ourselves as a Web3 bandwidth marketplace. So what's bandwidth marketplace? So we, we, we know it's a marketplace, we know it's like a trade platform. We mean people from Web3, they can come to Mason to use the bandwidth provided by, uh, collected by worldwide miners. Of course, we reward them with the Mason tokens, right? We haven't gone to public yet, actually. And, and the bandwidth is complementary right now. So we provide a big check bonus every month for uh, Web3 project. And we believe that uh, uh, we, we do this way for, we could do this way for 99% of Web3 project is complementary. And this is a, significant alternative solution for people in both Web2 and Web3. Web I mean, you can stop buying bandwidth service, the CDN service from Amazon, from uh, Cloudflare, from AliCloud, decentralized prices. And, and the, you, you know the, the bandwidth is a, the foundation of, for the whole internet. Bandwidth fee actually is very expensive. Uh, Harry, uh, as I know, you know, previously you are uh, founders of DLive, the, the the stream video platform, and we we know that you know DLive and YouTube and TikTok, this stream media platform, they spend millions of on bandwidth service every, sometimes every month, you know, to ensure users from users experience in uh, a different region of the world. So, relying on uh, centralized bandwidth will uh, compromise your data set and even the ownership. I mean. These big Web2 companies, you know, like uh, Google, like Facebook, they control your data, you know. They, and also you will endure the, the censorship too. So simply say, uh, Mason wants to uh, make the bandwidth resources universal, not controlled by some people. So in, in this way, it will massively uh, protect user data security and the data ownership too. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Oh, uh, amazing. This idea of decentralizing bandwidth uh like you mentioned that the streaming platforms use spend millions of dollars and having them in centralized locations make them more vulnerable um so yeah that's it's a really valuable right. mission um right. coming back to, to harry um and project galaxy uh some, something recent you guys did you, you launched last week the how to web 3 on bnb chain campaign do, do you mind explaining what what that's about yeah, so so one of the um, um, core features that, or or one of the uh, use case that projects right now use um, use Galaxy infrastructure is to uh, let users explore um, 
explore different things across Web3 and Web2 and let them to get these credentials and these users will also get rewarded with um, either NFTs or some other type of um, token rewards, right? So basically for how to Web3 in BNB chain, uh, we are working um, nine or 10 top tier projects on the BNB chain as well as CoinMarketCap and BNB chain team. Um, it's basically for everyone to explore all these uh, projects in Web3 across DeFi, Gamify, um, it has lending protocols, Gamify protocols. Um, it's for you to learn, to, to explore, and also get rewarded. I think in total, they allocated um, more than 400K USD worth of rewards to those that participate in these campaigns. Yeah, so so I would highly recommend everyone to participate, not only for the rewards, but also for the experience, right? It's a great way for you to learn. It's a great way for you to uh, get these credentials. And we actually have tons of projects coming in to um, to leverage these credentials um, to help them to do stuff in the future. For example, uh, we have projects coming in to um, um, say whether whether you are a contributor to all of these protocols and they might want to allocate more token airdrop to you if you are one of the contributors. So um, yeah, so so uh, I would highly recommend everyone to not only look at the rewards that they they allocate right now, um, it's, it's overall a great experience for you to learn. It's a great way for you to explore Web3. Um, so yeah, so, so everyone enjoy those campaign. Um, and it's also a good way for you to to get some very cool NFTs, right? Um, I think a lot of uh, of our um, members are are really enjoying the way to collect all of these oats NFT, all of these NFT. Um, it's a way for them to showcase their contribution, showcase their experience in Web three. And in the future, we are we are uh, building, and and we also want the communities to help us to also um, build like a more Web three. Um, type LinkedIn on top of all of these credentials as well. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, wrapping up, we can go around everybody again. And I want to ask everybody what, um, in a minute or two, to explain what, what you guys are feeling most excited about with respect to the industry. Uh, Howard, do you want to go first? Something you're excited about? Right, yeah, I think it's very, I think, you know, I mean, almost every Web3 project, you know, they do not have a very large team. And, uh, you know, the different ideas and the brainstorm could be very directly with the management team. So, and also for this very uh, new area, basically for the entire internet history, and uh, we could be more creative to, to build things and uh, to leave other social graphs in this new area. Uh, I think, and also it's a, uh, it's very international thing for Web3, basically. So uh, we can not not of friends from different uh, uh, places and uh, we, we can join different doors and meet a new friend too. So I think this is a, a very interesting area for me. I mean, uh, we could be more creative than traditionally uh, Korea. Actually, I give up a really, a bigger check in you know, Web2 and come to Web3. So yes, I, I love this kind of uh, life and work style and uh, we committed to build things that could be uh, excited, have built a better world there. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank you. M Mr. Block, what, what about you? What are you excited about? Sorry, uh, could you repeat the question? What, what are you excited about uh, that's going on at the moment? Like what, one, two minutes um, with respect to the industry? Yeah, I mean, I think 
Well, I'm ex- I'm excited about everything, you know. I think uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I've been through I've been in this, this, you know, market for 10 years, right? And then so I've seen multiple, you know, bear and winter and obviously back in the days it was easier just Bitcoin and ETH and before that it was just, you know, Bitcoin and Litecoin. So, um I think compared to 2017 we are, you know, we have better understanding in token design, we have better understanding of uh DAO and how that works and better understanding on um, you know the fundamentals of, of DeFi, right? Um so so I'm looking forward to you know how um a lot of a lot of stuff that has been created and, and stuff that will be created on top of some of these existing blue chip project and, and newer project uh like the founders uh uh, uh and speakers today uh I'm excited to to see how they grow and how they build their community. Uh, but yeah, most importantly is, you know, how a project, you know, sell through a, a, a winter. You know, I think it's good that we are in uh, slowly going into a winter. I don't want to say bear market, but, you know, it's getting colder and colder. But that also means that a lot of noise are, 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 are you know, quieter now. And and allows, you know, builder to, 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 to focus. Um, and, and, um, but it, it's, it's also sad to see because, um, you know, at the end of the day, whatever you build, you need user to test. It's not like, um, a regular startup where you build and then user can come and, you know, try out your prod product and stuff. Every stuff within DeFi and crypto require user to pay, you know, at least minimum gas fee. Right. So, uh, it requires a lot more skin in the game. So that's why a lot of time projects says, you know, they're going to build in bear market. I'm always kind of confused because. You know, you you can build a lot of stuff, but you need user to test. So, so I would say encourage community, encourage them to to use your project and product. And yeah, uh, if you need a video, come DM me. <laughs> Thank you guys. Awesome. Cheers, man. Uh, Benjamin, what, what about you? What what are you excited yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. I think like you know, I, I'm most excited about like the radical composability of of, of stuff in Web three. Um, so from the from the perspective of like Web two, where everything was a closed database, um, and you know you had to rely on the company to expose an API, maybe you would have to get permission from them to use their to use their data or to build on top of it or to integrate it into your own thing. Uh, you know the Twitter API was closed down recently, making it difficult to build on top of Twitter. Um, the, that is like just the complete radical opposite um, in Web three, right? So um, <clears throat> everything being on chain, everything being uh, a completely open database where you don't have to get any anyone's permission to to leverage that data um it's just like um, mind blowing when you think about what we've what we've been through in web 2 and and just how ridiculously different that is um so yes i'm excited about uh, you know the companies that are building layers um on top of uh on on top of web 3 kind of building this infrastructure um not necessarily prescriptive like one size fits all kinds of apps but you know pieces that can be that can be put together um, and work together, and you don't need to uh, go go and go and go and uh, ask ask permission um, to to use that data. Um, I, I I don't know if that's talked about an awful lot, but it's just like such a stark contrast for me. Like you know, with a with a you know software background in Web two, uh, this is kind of like a dream come true. I, I like the the term you you said the radical composability of of Web three. I think that's a nice ring to it. Uh, Harry? <laughs> Harry, what, what about you? What, what are you excited about? Yeah, so I 100% agree with uh, what 
what Benjamin just mentioned. Um, so, so at Galaxy, we're also really believing the composability of data, um, the interoperability of these data, right? So we do want to aggregate all of your credential data for you to leverage um, across many different applications instead of just one closed applications so yeah so 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 um i think i mentioned um in other occasions as well permissionless um and composability is is probably one of the um um favorite aspect um i have crypto and for web3 um, um i mean decentralized is is cool it's good it's very valuable but i think overall composability and permissionless just makes everything um just increased efficiency into a whole new level um, and on top of that, because of all these composability, because the permissionless nature where everyone in your community can come to contribute uh, to your ecosystem, um, I'm very excited about uh, to build Galaxy, to build all of these uh, with our community members, right? So we've been honored to have a great community behind us, um, contributing a lot of stuff from writing docs to managing um, to managing Discord, um, to spreading out the, uh, to spreading out word about Galaxy um, brand awareness. Um, so yeah, so 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 um, I'm very I'm very excited about opening up Project Galaxy because right now we are still in closed beta phase where not everything on there is is permissionless, but we are we're getting there, right? We are we are we are probably going to be full permissionless um, by Q3. So by then, a lot more people would be able to come to contribute. So I'm very excited about that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, closing up, does do any of you have any questions or comments you wanna you wanna make to uh, for each other? Any questions for for anyone else in the chat or any closing comments? I saw Howard that you unmuted yourself. Do you want to say something? Right. Yes. Actually, I don't know. I want to ask Chris is, uh, about uh, you said you have a. Uh, a bunch of people in the community and because uh, uh, have you ever considered to do like a you know uh, to create a doll and uh, is that a group that doll already or you 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 have something similar you know to 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 want to 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 like set up a doll you know yeah thank you howard that's a good question i mean uh i think the community our, our community definitely has asked you know about it multiple time and you know like i said i i feel like the current DAO model isn't um you know uh isn't fully developed and it still requires a lot of you know experiments um you know i was an early member in multiple DAOs such as you know the pleaser DAO, uh and then and obviously at curve and and so so i think you know uh especially now with like moonbirds and proof pass there there are more and more ways to to start a DAO. And many of these DAO, uh, you know, gather for 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 a reason, and I think you know right now. Um, and but the thing is, what most one of the main reason is is you know alpha, and which means you know equals to money, right? So, um, and I think that's one of the fundamental issue of DAO is that it's yield driven, um, and you know. Uh, uh, on on top of that, a lot of, there there's a there's a mask of saying you know it's all for the community, all for the DAO, and I I believe you know a certain percentage of every DAO has you know only community type of mindset, but uh but majority it's for profit, right? So 
Um, so, you know, I think if I turn Mr. Block community into a DAO, then the, then the community, you know, mindset will, will be changed to, to almost like profit driven in a sense. Because in a DAO, you're either a launch token or you have to launch some sort of NFT. It could be a pass or it could be a PFP. And, and you know, people are going to trade it uh, and they're going to, you know, argue that when the price is low. So, um, yeah, I think at this point, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I would rather do like a subscription service than, than launch a token or, or an ERC721. But I, I do really like the idea of DAO and, you know, being a part of multiple ones. You know, I, I've been in ones that requires a punk. I've been in ones that requires eight. I've been in ones that require ether rock. And, and I, I, you know, I fail to see how, how to, to, you know, to drive a DAO, especially when there's 10,000 people. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, on that note, let's close up. Um, for all the listeners, go ahead and check out Messen Network, Project Galaxy, Mr. Brock's YouTube channel, Are We Even News? Um, follow these guys on Twitter. And, and yeah, Howard? Yeah, no, 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 nothing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, the bank is sort a of new project, the Perma, uh, Perma Web Doll, right? Yeah. I would like to thank, you know, everyone and them for inviting me to come here. It was a great pleasure to meet everyone. And let's connect on Telegram and and, and talk more. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Right, thank you. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Mr. Frog. And uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, thank you. That was awesome. Have a good Bye. night. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye, man.
Bye. Bye. Bye, man.